Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Was I supposed to say that? Yeah. Oh, or was yeah. I supposed to act that out? Hello and welcome to the China Shop. <laughs> Everybody step on in. Doors are wide open. We've got a great show for you today. I'm Shopkeeper Dan and with me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialIneptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing good. My head is two pounds lighter because I finally got a real haircut. No offense, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I finally, finally got a nice, nice, uh, almost crew cut again oh back in the navy yeah not quite as bad <laughs> <laughs> didn't trust the wife with the scissors though, or the trimmers the clippers you piss her off and zip right i don't know why you need these ears when you never listen <laughs> <laughs> oh good stuff good stuff uh come on into the shop with us today folks sit back relax hedge against the rage machine we want to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way into a complete set of buying China, sharing those strategies for, for getting gains and cutting losses, though I, apparently I don't apply them. I don't know about you. <laughs> I've been doing a lot better. Good, good, good. So if, if, you're new, if you're new to the shop and stock trading in general, you should probably start out with our knowledge center on financialinstitute.com, or you can give one of our beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll, we'll have all those Links in the episode description. Best place we think to be is on our Discord server. Kyle and I get on there every day sharing uh, trade ideas, news stories, stock charts, technical analysis. It's really just a great, awesome place to be. So when you sign up, make sure you get us a private message or shoot us an email. If you give us our, your mailing address, we're more than happy to send you a smash it yourself mug or shot glass straight from the shop. Or both. We're just really glad you're all here. Or both. Or both. Yeah, we're doing both for limited time only. It's limited. We just don't know when that limited time ends. I can tell you. I mean, I think we got about eight more mugs left to give away before I have to order some more. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, while supplies last, we're just so glad uh, you're all here. We have a lot of fun. It's always better with friends. And uh, speaking of always better with friends, we got some show news coming up, Kyle. Got some some friends coming over to the shop. Um, lots. We got a lot of friends apparently. <laughs> uh, Vigo coming this week. Oh, I can't wait. October, we've got like lined up with, uh, we got Matt Reiner, Anthony Fatsies, uh, Dr. G is going to be doing another beginner episode with us. Ooh. Change Bridge is on the, uh, the docket. Uh, we still got to get George confirmed for the end of month. I'm pretty sure he's winning the bet this month with us. Oh. Uh, so, oh. yeah, he'll probably have some consequences. Uh, November's starting to get booked too, even. <laughs> hey, all right. Yeah, getting busy in the shop. We're, we're going to have to raise the rates. I, I don't know if summer is just slower or what, but yeah, it seems like uh, people like to be, people want to come in the wintertime, fall and winter. Well, yeah, they want to take advantage of the free heat. Yeah, it's cold out there on the streets. Maybe if you got AC in your room. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, folks, we have a maddening, manic, mournful episode for you today. Well, I'm mournful. It's about my fuck-ups this week, but uh, <laughs> we have lots of market-moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than times people have claimed we were on a break. <laughs> is, that a, is that a Friends reference or an Elon Musk reference? <laughs> Elon Musk, definitely. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're on a semi-break. I don't know what that means. That means they've pre-negotiated the, the who you could sleep with? <laughs> No, I think it was, uh, look, I thought when I was in Texas and you were in California, anything goes. <laughs> oh, yes. So it's just a great show. Uh, re- and as always, folks, reach out to us. We love your messages and comments. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Discord. If you're old school, you can send us an email, the number two bulls at financialneptude.com, or you can send us a phone call, 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. or Maybe you stole your boss's magic wand and started animating all sorts of furniture and household items to life, and now you can't get them to stop. It doesn't matter. We love it when you reach out. That's such a boring movie. (laughs) So put the music, Kyle. Yeah. As a child, seeing that, thinking it's a cartoon with Mickey Mouse and it not being what you thought. wizards. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit, Mickey Mouse is a fucking sorcerer. Can't wait. And there's no talking. Yeah, not a single line. Oh, anyway, yeah. uh, We'll we'll put a pin in that for, uh, you know, Two two Bulls Does Classic Animation episode. (laughs) Until then, I think we've got some bad results to go over. All right. I don't think I get to go first either. Mm, are you sure? Um, I don't think. Did you make money? No. Then go first. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, shorted IBM. I remember. <laughs> oh, what did they open at? Was it one thirty three ninety? Oh, even better than I remembered. Yeah. Uh, they, so, so they opened at 133.90 and it proceeded to just march slowly upward all week. And I think the lowest they got was 132.94 mm-hmm. on Tuesday. And then after Tuesday, it was just a run, run up. Uh, well, I mean, it wasn't huge runs, but it, it closed out the week. It, it hit my stop at 137 on Thursday, closed out the week 137.49. So I lost money on the bet. I lost $12.37 to bring my total down to $521.78. We're getting close. I took uh, BlackBerry. They had earnings this week. Get to that uh, when we talk about the stocks. Uh, They opened the week at $9.76. They peaked at $11, just over $11, but uh, corrected on Friday to finish at $10.38. So I took my total from $483.55 up to $514.27. Oh. So a seven dollar fifty cent lead you've got right now, but none of that matters. Random pick TTCF was a tattoo chef. Mm-hmm, the tattooed chef. Yeah. Uh, let's see. TTCF opened the week at nineteen ten. Finished the week at nineteen oh one. Uh, let's see. That takes uh, random. They lost, I think, a total of three dollars. Takes them down to five forty ninety eight. Okay. All right. Looking for home runs. <laughs> And you know what's going to happen when we lose to uh, random, right? It's something spicy. Yeah, something real spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Ungodly spicy. Yeah. Oh, ghost peppers. Mm. 
I think we're going to be doing that. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, Kyle, I'm I'm in it to win. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit a home run this week. I'm motivated. I'm hungry. Yeah, you're gonna have the fire in you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, stay tuned to the end of the episode. We'll make a new bet. We'll find out what sort of madness, madcap, we can try to come up with the beat random, so we don't have to eat ghost peppers. <laughs> Ugh. <sighs> Anyway, all right. So does that uh, does that bring us to the news, Kyle? Yes, yes, it does. Talk about some news, all right? Well, we all know why we're listening today. The shop is bursting with the week to replace. So sit back, we got some market affairs. Get some stories for the bulls and the bears. Clowns running companies, laws change overnight, here we are. It's time for China Shop News. Yeah, now, it's time for China Shop News. Well, I believe uh, we just had some big Fed stuff happen. You want to open up talking about that? Uh, I want to start with the housing market first, get this one out of the way. All right, let's talk about the housing market. Because, um, I mean, we talked about the Evergrande thing causing some issues over in China. Mm-hmm. But we did have the, the housing report come out uh, uh, this week, or last week. New home purchases dropped 3% in May and 23.8% over the last year. But last year was also like a record year, so obviously some some uh, it's going to be hard to beat that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the biggest problem with housing, though, is that just uh, the inventory is just levels just still aren't there. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, I've got a few friends who are real estate agents here in Tucson, and they all are saying the same thing separately. It's just there's there's no inventory. We can't make any money right now. This is horrible. They're all freaking out. There's no inventory and prices have just been skyrocketing, which we were talking about that uh, not too long ago also. But the problem that this is starting to cause right now, which is in this uh, Housing Wire article. What's happening right now is because the purchases are starting to slow down because those people that are buying at the lower price tiers now have nothing to buy. Everything is like, they've just been priced out of the market completely. Mm-hmm. So until something corrects there, I don't know, this just isn't sustainable. I think we're looking at another bubble here. Question is, when's it gonna, when's it gonna burst on us? The the interesting thing that, that I, because I, you know, I, I have been talking to these real estate agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not you know, obviously not all of them in Tucson. The ones that I've been talking to are saying it's it's uh, it's not quite a bubble. It's it's just normal supply and demand that has gotten out of control. And the demand has gone up while supply has gone down. But I mean, even like the materials to build houses are are there's shortages across the board. I mean, we yeah, saw the the, the crazy run up in lumber prices. Right. So we're not getting new inventory. Right. So, yeah, how do they fix this? <laughs> Either demand's got to go down for prices to go down or supply's got to go up. <laughs> <laughs> One you of those two things. If you can't, in, you can't make demand go down because people can't buy enough at this point, and you can't make new houses because you don't have enough materials to make it. I, I don't know. I think prices are just going to keep going up until something overcorrects. It's going to overcorrect at some point. Just a question of when. We'll see. I just think with, with a supply-demand situation like this, like we're, we're not going to see prices drop significantly in any meaningful future. Like There'd have to be such a huge new housing dump like oh hey we just finished 
10 million new houses across the country this month. <laughs> With any, anything short of that, uh, you might see prices fall back, but I don't think we're going to have anything. If, you, if you're eyeing a house for 150 that's currently at 200 grand, you're probably never going to get it at 150. Okay. Here's where the inventory is going to come from, Dan. All these people that are getting loans for three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars to buy homes that were one hundred and eighty, you know, three years ago. Once they start defaulting on those, that's where your inventory comes from. Oh, well, so so maybe the uh, the eviction moratorium has helped keep supply low. Right. Mm, I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's 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 that added extra thing. <laughs> Yeah. Good point. Good point. Anyway, the other big thing that happened uh, this past week, too, is the Fed meeting. Mm -hmm. No tapering for October, but I think that was expected. But they're saying it could begin, the reduction could begin as soon as November. Uh, There is... A caveat to that: they're they're contingenting, or they're making that contingent on September's hiring activity. Okay, but yeah, that's definitely uh, the easing is starting is probably starting this year, probably starting as soon as November, and rate hikes should be coming soon too. So they're talking like November they'll they'll start spending less per month on bonds. <laughs> right. Yeah, they'll start easing the, the purchases. And inflation's been one of the things I keep talking about. Um, they did release their prediction for 2021 that's raised up to 4.2% for this year. Their original forecast was 3.4%, and that was back in June. And they're still calling this transitory, though. The, I think their goal, they said, was 2%. Uh, they're predicting that next year should be around 2.2. Okay. I I don't know how long you can keep calling it transitory when it's, <laughs> you know... Like how long? How long does transitory last? I, I, you know, when I graduated high school at the young age of eighteen, I said this is transitory from me being a poor working class fellow to super rich. Mm, yes, I remember that. I am still in that tra- I am still in this transitory uh, situation. But I assure you, Kyle, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's only been twenty years, but it's transitory. <laughs> Well, at least there's a light to the end of that tunnel. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right? And here's the crazy thing is they're going to call it transitory until, like, by the time they stop calling it, it's it's already happened. It's already been the norm, right? Right. So I really feel like this is the the don't freak out language. This is, they, they use language. Uh, you know, the Fed, have, I think half their job is just to keep people calm. Mm-hmm. And then this is the kind of language they use to do that. I don't think it's transitory. I think I think it's going to be years before we get that inflation down. Yeah, and uh, I think, uh, let's see, Dan North, the chief economist, uh, Euler Hermes. Hermes, your favorite uh, god? Mm-hmm. Yeah, worship that guy. Um, he says interest rate decisions, because uh, the interest rate decisions hinge on whether or not the current hot inflation is still transitory. But he says there's a good case to be made that it may be a long time until the supply chain problems are cleared up and input prices will continue to rise very sharply and get passed on to the consumers. Mm. Uh, referring to things like the household goods, uh, the cars, um, semiconductors, semiconductors causing the automobile shortage. Oh, but the Fed doesn't seem to think that's a problem. I've got a big story on the semiconductor shortage. Should we pivot or should we keep talking about inflation? Let's hear it. All right. Uh, some automakers have been accused of hoarding their uh, semiconductor chips. I would be if I was an automaker. Uh, right? <laughs> that's a competitive advantage. I don't know why you call it hoarding in that case. Um, if you can lock up the entire supply chain as Ford or Nissan or you know one of the other major automakers, uh, yeah, you can put the other companies out of business. Great for Ford, bad for America. 
<laughs> yeah, let's just we'll put Chevy and GM out of business now. Um, if you were the leader of Ford, that's what you want, right? <laughs> and then you go buy up all their assets and become a super company. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's never happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> Standard Oil. <clears throat> oh, sorry. So apparently, the uh, the the Department of Commerce is looking to invoke the Defense Production Act. Uh, they. Uh, the government strategy has so far focused on encouraging investments for new semiconductor production, mm-hmm. uh, but they're they're now looking at the Korean War Defense Production Act. You know that thing that happened in the fifties. Okay. Well, it's a it's a it's a good thing we still have laws on the books to help deal with the Korean War. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> A lot of good things came out of the 50s, right? Right. Uh, so so they're looking to use the Defense Production Act to force manufacturers to provide go- the information to the government on all their semiconductor supply lines and ship sales. Mm-hmm. So right now they're just like, okay, this is just voluntary, but we'd like you to fill out these questionnaires the next month that will let us know what your semiconductor inventory and supply lines look like, uh, but it could. They, they, they're thinking the thinking out there is that they're going to make it mandatory by using the Defense Production Act. Which, strangely enough, Obama used it. Trump used it. I mean, like presidents use this thing <laughs> from the Korean War for broad, broad things. Ugh. Right. Yeah. Uh, Obama was using it to force telecommunication firms to give information regarding their use of foreign manufactured hardware and software. Uh, Trump, Trump was using it to, to categorize what materials would be considered essential to national security and to ensure certain sectors of the economy, like food production, would remain open. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's this Korean War Defense Production Act that's given presidents these powers to, to meddle in the free market. Those bastards. Kind of hard to argue against what they were doing. It is, it is. I'm being facetious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah, I, I want to be outraged as a believer in free markets, but at the same time, like, ah, we kind of need more semiconductors. It's getting kind of ridiculous <laughs> at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh, it, it, the, the, yeah, the concern is, and from what I understand, you know, I could be reading into this with my own biases but mm. i think the concern is if, if you're a company like ford hoarding semiconductors uh those semiconductors don't just help in trucks like we use them all over oh, the yes yeah. right all right so the government's fixing the semiconductors for us yes yay <laughs> oh and real, real quick we didn't talk about the flip side of that is um uh, like if if a company like ford's in a mad panic to hoard semiconductors if in the coming months it, it the supply chains do open up and the shortage is gone. They bought a shit ton of semiconductors at an inflated price. That's going to hurt them bad. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. So who is hoarding? Do we know who's hoarded at this point? We don't know yet. The The White House is trying to figure out. So the question, the question is, do you, are you buying the companies that are hoarding or selling? Uh, it, well, that's just it. This is why investors would like to know in advance. <laughs> I think I'd want to be owning those companies right now, preparing to sell them later. Well, we'll find out eventually. Yep. Eventually. All right. You got any other uh, stories before we move on? Um. Oof. Yeah, I got. I got. I got one about uh, Blue Origin. 
Oh, is this the one about the chat? This is about the chat. <laughs> the first chat in space in Blue Origin? That's right. William Shatner, none other than Captain Kirk, at the age of 90, is going to be the oldest man ever flown into space. Uh, next month, he's going to get on a Blue Origin rocket for a 15-minute space flight. Nice. And they're, they're making a big documentary about it. So, you're a, you're a Trekkie, right? I am. I am. All right. I think this is a good poll question, then. Uh, <laughs> which line do you think that Shatner is most likely to say when he goes to space? <laughs> I, I'm not as big of a tr- Star Trek fan as you are, but uh, the one that you know pops to my head is obviously, we need more power. <laughs> we need more power, Mr. Scott. I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. <laughs> I can't give her no more. What, what other iconic lines does he have? Space, the final frontier. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that they introed every episode. Um, God, uh, are we talking Shatner quotes or yeah, Kirk quotes? I think, well, I think it needs to be Shatner. Um, shit. We'll say iconic Star Trek line, because I think Space, the Final Frontier is probably a good one. I thought Friendship was the Final Frontier. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm not good on the quotes. Um, you just, fucking... We talked about one before this episode. What is your risk as our business? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you write it down? I just wrote down risk as our business. Yeah, that, that's a good quote. That's from an episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Dan. <laughs> well, I closed out that, that webpage because I was like, yeah, Kyle, Kyle's got it. I thought I was throwing you a curveball. I thought I was throwing you a softball. Yeah, and you, and you didn't realize <laughs> that uh, I've been dropping the bat a lot. I, yeah, I noticed. You're also holding it upside down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got uh, uh that's, that's one of his famous quotes. Okay, wait, I like that better than Risk is Our Business. I'm throwing that on there. <laughs> All right, so we've got... Uh, one of my favorites, what does God need with a starship? I don't think he's likely to say that. No, probably not. Okay, I think, uh, yeah, what iconic Star Trek line is Shatner most likely to say when he goes to space? So we've got Khan, screaming, uh, we need more power, and space, the final frontier, are three choices. Okay. And then, obviously, if you've got a better one, then throw it in the comments. I, I like that Twitter poll. I do too. <laughs> All right, time to move on. I think it. I think. Some loans are just a big mistake, and up over your head, drowning in those rates and fees. Someone left unsaid. Choose the right kind of lender to find the thing that fits your needs, and you just have to call her. Cause you know that she was born to be She's a loan maker, dream banker Debt saver, won't you call her up and see She's a loan maker, dream banker Debt saver, won't you call her up Go, go, go Two Bulls in a China Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners purchase, refinance, even do reverse mortgages. Sue will help. So if you found a home that you can buy in this crazy market, she's licensed in 27 states. So you can reach out and see what she can do for you. 
Best way to reach Sue is to just give her a call at 520-977-7904, or you can shoot her an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number, 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number, 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com, and that phone number is 520-977-7904 for all your mortgage needs. Uh, Two Bulls and a Charging Off is also a proud affiliate of the Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders. Translation, Dan? You can trade like a pro. Wait, you uh, can trade like an institution. You can get institutionalized trading. Wait, no. That's close enough. <laughs> uh, they've got a great staff of highly knowledgeable, successful traders, which we're hoping to soon become a part of. As you listen to the show, though, you know that we're not there yet. <laughs> uh, and there's no better place that we've found to learn all you need to know to be a successful trader. You can find them online at tradeproacademy.com, or you can use our affiliate link in the episode description great way to support the show and improve your own knowledge and skills and we are scheduled to talk to george uh this week uh so hopefully we can get some clarification on what we need to do to get a discount for that affiliate link yeah so hopefully we'll have something to announce with that soon sounds good to me can't wait to get that discount affiliate link i really hope we get that soon because i know there's a couple people that have been itching to jump in i'd love to to get some more eyes in our discord yeah right uh looking at it with the yeah, bringing more stuff to us to look at, checking our work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait to post a chart and have people in the Discord be like, you idiot, that's wrong. <laughs> what about this level? <laughs> buy it there, buy it here. Oh, fuck, he's right. right? God damn it, he's right. <laughs> Son <Yeah>. of a bitch. <laughs> Let's do some stocks. Give me a stock song. Let's talk about some stocks. Stocks! Just put those stock tickers on the list. Go through the charts so nothing gets missed. Today's trades, they could all turn to gold. I'm playing stocks till I'm out of the hole. Oh, I, got, I found a couple of good uh, good stocks to have my eye on this week, for sure. Um, I mean, I had a couple that I, I wanted to touch on BlackBerry's earnings real quick. Mm-hmm. Nice revenue spike. I think uh, they upped. Uh, I beat that forecast by like ninety-one million. Um, they called it an earnings beat, but it looked like to me it was more in line. It might have been like a one cent per share less of a loss than they thought it would be. Uh, but the, <laughs> so the big thing is though, they did not issue any guidance, and that's usually not a good sign. Uh, or at least you know investors don't look as favorably upon that. One of the interesting things that happened this week though is I saw that the BlackBerry CEO went on the air. I don't remember which program it was. I just saw the the headline pop up on my TD Ameritrade newsfeed. Uh, but he went on to, to basically clarify that BlackBerry is now a security software company. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that actually was probably a good move on their ha- part because most of the people I've ever mentioned BlackBerry to and they go, oh yeah, the phones. When uh, <laughs> explaining my bull case, yeah, they look, at, they think I'm crazy. <laughs> Like, what? Nobody uses BlackBerry anymore. Like, it's not a phone company. <laughs> the more people who learn that, the more it should help the stock. While we're, while we're talking about BlackBerry, you know, I, I actually did make a trade. I was like, I'm going to buy to open some March 18th $10 calls because, uh, you know, I'm bullish long term. Yeah, I'm going to hold call these for a few months. And then I, I completely wasn't paying attention to earnings and they had the beat. And <laughs> so I bought those calls at like $1.86. And then two days later, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll sell these at two seventy five. dollars uh, You weren't going to sell them too. I, I had to 
prod you into taking profit. You were nudging me. You were nudging me. I sold them all at 50% profit and was like, you know what? I've been watching BlackBerry. It's going to pull back. I know. I was laughing when you said that. I'll buy them later again. Let's <laughs> buy again later. Yeah. For cheaper. I actually made a trade to, I sold a couple of uh, October $12 calls at like 55 cents a contract. Just figuring, hey, I'll take a little bit on some of the ones. I think I exercised every $10 call that I basically bought over the last uh, three months. Mm. So I was sitting on about 700 shares. Eh, figure I might as well cover some of those calls or sell some cover calls on a few of them. Right. Try to make back some of the money I lost on the $11 ones that all, you know, expired completely worthless. <laughs> Um, Salesforce is the other company I was looking at, uh, and they just, um, released, uh, increased revenue guidance for the year 22, fiscal year 22. Man, that stock really took off. I've been waiting, fuck, almost a year for this stock to finally break that 270 level again. Yeah. Man, oof, it was really running. Kind of sucks too, because I was watching it on Friday, the day after it had the, the main big run, like the $16, $17 run up. And I think you traded it and to not very good success. But when you sold it, it was right when I was wanting to buy it. I'd actually looked at the fight zone then that the morning. It was around 281. I thought, man, if it pulls back to there, that's where I want to get it. It came right to that point and then took off again. Uh, are, we, are we ready to talk about my biggest failure of my trading career? Um, is, that, is that what you're bringing up? Yeah, go ahead. Might as well. Yeah. Because... Uh, my point uh, was I missed you, it because I was watching futures. This is what I was trying to get at. But I had a great opportunity um, that I missed out on. You did. You did have a great opportunity. And, and the fact that you saw where I was exiting as the entry is is just highlights to me how deeply i i failed myself uh <laughs> <laughs> you know the uh the emotional arc of trading that they they talk oh, about yeah. the very first foundational episodes of trade pro like i was at i was at the lowest low and that's the most dangerous time to sell mm -hmm. and that's when i sold um i had bought the calls in the morning at uh, about two dollars seven cents, I bought one hundred eighty-two dollars fifty cent calls. Uh, price peaked one eighty-five sixty-five. They were up like seventy some percent. Didn't didn't sell any. Didn't take any profit because I was like, no, this thing's going to run all day, right? Mm. I know better than Ugh. the technical analysis. My gut is telling me some good stuff. That's always what you listen to, right? Your gut. No, no, you don't listen to your gut. Didn't we just talk last week about having a time limit on these two? Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. I I just. Uh, that was that was like number five. Like when I got out was <laughs> when you should have been getting in, and then it it just because the moment I got out, peak despair, it mm -hmm. just it turned around and it started marching back up. If I just held on to them, if I'd been like, oh, I'll call it a total loss. Uh, I mean, I think the end of the the day at one eighty five something. Like I'd be doing just fine. Yeah, I'd be I'd be in the green. Um, I'm not going to go through the entire list. Uh, just yet. We'll save that to the end. But I had five critical failures, uh, five big, big, big things I did to just really wipe out uh, all of my profits for the week and then some. So, And that was that's really worst case scenario, Dan, because you, you took something that was profitable and then managed to turn it into a loss. And that's like the worst thing you can do. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm aware. I know. Yeah. Man, I feel so bad for you right now. Well, I, I can't even laugh. Yeah, I can. Never mind. It, I can. You, <laughs> oh, fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> All right. How about I? Do, uh, we'll, we'll get. We'll. I'll circle back around to that because because I want to yeah. do go through the list of the failures, the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
but uh, uh, yeah, CRM. All right, um, kind of run. I might have taken a little too much time. Do you want to talk about one of your stocks that you're looking at this week? Yes, I want to talk about. Uh, yeah, I had three lined up, but I'll just pick one. I'm going to talk about Costco. Well, name the stocks, and then we'll just go into detail on Costco. Costco, Nike, and Facebook all had some news articles come out this month. Mm. Uh, or sorry, this week. Uh, and and so I pulled up all their charts, and they're all doing something interesting. But I'll focus on Costco because they just had a, a really solid earnings. And interestingly enough, in their earnings call, they said that they've got uh, supply chain problems and shortages of. Uh, well, they they want to avoid shortages of toilet paper, hand soap, and sanitizing products like they saw last year. Mm-hmm. So they are already implementing buying limits on those. So if you go to Costco, you can only get one thing of toilet paper. I was just at Sam's this morning, same thing. Yeah. Um, God damn, looking at the chart, man. Remember when we were trying to buy that on one of those earnings dips? Yep. Back Could have around 300? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, that stock is doing good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it hit almost 300 in March. It is now 467.75. So I saw, saw the news article, so I pulled up the daily chart, and they just had a huge green candle after earnings. Mm-hmm. And, and you look at prior earnings they've had, if it's not a red candle. Get a nice little run up for the next... Uh, no. Like it, last September. Yeah. Last September, they did really good, and they had a, a run all the way through October, where it was only like one red candle day. For, for like a week, two weeks. The difference this time, though, they hit all-time highs. Or they hit 52-week highs. It might be all-time. I didn't check. I'm pretty sure that's all-time. <laughs> at the beginning at the beginning of September, they, they hit their, their high of uh, $469.77. And uh, they, they've been drifting down, and then they had this big earnings. And boom, they are back at four sixty seven seventy five. So they're within... I want to say two bucks. half a percent, half a percent away from their all-time high. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as we know, they break into that all-time high territory, sky's the limit. It's hard to predict. Hard to predict how high it could go. So, uh, yeah, I'm eyeing, eyeing that $470 level for Costco. If it gets rejected, uh, the, the level below it is 447 We would, we would want to see it uh, hold there. That's where I'd like to buy it, but I guess it depends on what uh, what it does here in the next couple of days. If it forms a double top, then I probably don't want it anymore. Right, uh, it forms a double top, might be turning around for 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 a bear run. I think uh, more realistically, it's going to break four seventy, and then hopefully we will see it retest and go down and see if four seventy becomes support instead of resistance. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the prob- the high probability trade right there. Mm-hmm. So, watching Costco. You made the list, Costco. You made the list. <laughs> All right, should we move on to some uh, earnings? Yeah, let's talk about some some this week's crazy earnings. Yeah, there's not much again. <laughs> All right, well, good segment. Uh, no, no. Uh, let's see. The 27th, we've got uh, CNXC and Weibo. Weibo. How do you say that Chinese company? Weibo. Weibo. Is that it? I, I I have no. I'm taking a big guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's something like that. WB. <laughs> uh, on the 28th, we've got uh, Micron Semiconductors. MU. Micron's not been doing very well lately, which is kind of surprising with the silicon shortage. I guess our semiconductor shortage. Yeah. You think a semiconductor manufacturer should be doing really well? 
nothing interesting on the 29th. On the 30th, we've got uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. And McCormick, I highlighted this one because I went and looked at the chart, and it is ranging, uh, let me pull it back up again, it's ranging between like 83 and 88 right now. And that mm. actually looks pretty attractive to me, if you can pick it up somewhere around $83 if it holds that. But what I'd really like to see is it break that 88. If it can break that 88, then we might be on the next continuation. So it's on a really nice long-term bull trend. You got to look at the you know, a couple of years worth. It seems to be a lot of support at that 83 level. This is McCormick? Yeah, MKC. Yeah, it's, it's definitely doing something. <laughs> I mean, the long-term trend kind of looks bearish, but like I said, I like to see it break that 88. See if we can uh, flip the trend to a more positive trend. Oh, yeah. Short-term, that's a big level. But the, that 82.50 underneath is going to be a big, big bear level. If it, yeah, if it doesn't hold that 83 to 82, 82 to 83 range, then uh, let's see, you've got 80 is another support, and then not a whole lot underneath that. It, I mean, it, that 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 82.50 level has held three, four times since last May. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, a year ago, May, last 18 months. Yeah. So, so it's a big, big level. If it breaks through, look out below. Yep. So, yeah, watching 83 and 88 on McCormick. I like it. All right. Um... And there was absolutely no earnings on Friday. Like, not just, not interesting. Like, there was actually zero. <laughs> yeah, but they're just shutting down the market for that day. Yeah, it looked like it. Is it a holiday? It's not a holiday, is it? We don't do Oktoberfest here, do we? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, the last day of September. Yeah. <laughs> All right, before we get to your giant mistakes, I want to talk about one other trade that I made that I was really happy with. Uh, OCGN. Um, I had my shares called away um, on the last on the September expiry for the monthlies. Yeah, so I'm trying to sell some puts to get uh, to get a piece of those again. That's the wheel. I just sold the November eighteen seven fifty puts. The stock is trading at like seven fifty. I sold those for a dollar sixty five. Mm. That is insane to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> even if I get those shares, my cost basis is what under six bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to own those wow. for that price. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and it's 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 been on a kind of sideways but pretty a little bit of a bull lift since uh the summer. Yeah, and they keep getting cuz they're more of like an eye treatment company. Yeah. But uh they also co-developed a, a COVID vaccine. Oh, weird. Uh that I think they recently just they didn't seek the emergency use but i think they did they're getting some positive news on on the development of that and getting the uh the permissions to go ahead and start using it and i think with the covid delta variant coming out and becoming an issue that's what's making this stock react Mm. and i don't really see that going away anytime too soon so yeah i'd like to try to get a little more uh pieces of that to try to take advantage of that volatility while i can because even when the news was drying up on it, um, it still was holding around six, if not a little higher. And you're still able to sell 750 calls for a buck, you know, three, four weeks out. And it has stayed above that 200-day moving average this entire time. Yeah. It touched it once, mm-hmm. I should say, this this year. It touched it once in the summer. Yeah. Uh, and right now, it's riding the 100-day, and it's uh, it's above it. So, well done on the, selling those puts. <laughs> Fucking great return on that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, all right, let's talk about your terrible, terrible week. No, we're going to talk about, we got to talk about crypto. All right, yeah, let's do some crypto. Look at the news. What do you see? The car. 
vaults of cryptocurrency I know you're greedy I know you need You need that Bitcoin, either NFT Cult of cryptocurrency you got any crypto stories for us, Kyle? Oh, yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> I got the story, actually. Uh, China, we talked about them banning uh, the Bitcoin mining. I think we talked to a couple different crypto experts, too, and they kind of mentioned that they didn't really see that as that big a deal. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what the analogy they used was. I don't remember. Oh, God, it was some, It was good, too. Fuck, oh, whatever. Anyway, uh, yeah, they finally went ahead and just banned all crypto transactions and mining. Uh, so it's not just mining, now you can't buy or sell it? Uh, let's see. The blanket ban on all crypto transactions, mining, everything. Everything. No crypto in China. Wow. No crypto. Did the did the price of Bitcoin react to that? News? Uh, yeah, I'd say it did. Uh, not favorably. Is <laughs> <laughs> everybody in China selling all their crypto assets? China is in this. Uh, God, I, I'd be really worried about owning any China equity at this point, or anything that China. Oh God, China seems to be in this pattern right now. They remember our too big to fail that uh, we saw a bunch of bailouts happen. Yeah, yeah, they seem to be in like a too big to succeed philosophy that they're trying to enact <laughs> uh, with them. You know, going after Jack Ma and destroying you know his oh, involvement with it's this over. company. Yeah, that was done. Uh, they they're looking to break up Ant that IPO that everyone was looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're trying to spin out the financial transactions arm of that. Yeah, they took out Jack Ma. They took out the Ant IPO. Like, I'd just be worried about owning, uh, you know, any of the other major Chinese companies or assets at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, if they're going to do something as sweeping as like, okay, now you can't, they started with you can't mine cryptos. They started with you can't mine Bitcoin. Just Bitcoin? It wasn't? Pretty sure it was just Bitcoin. Okay, well, regardless, then they now they've moved on to you can't do any transactions. Uh, we we're really seeing the power of the totalitarian state disrupt crypto in a major way. Yeah, uh, the Bitcoin price. Yeah, uh, last weekend it was at forty-seven thousand. Now it's at forty-two. Yeah, almost almost tested that forty thousand this week. I uh, thought it did drop yeah. below. I thought I saw an alert. I know Ethereum is below three thousand now, mm-hmm. or was. Uh, yeah, the People's Bank of China basically said cryptocurrencies must not circulate and that overseas exchanges are barred from providing services to China-based investors. Also barred financial institutions, payment companies, and internet firms from facilitating cryptocurrency trading nationally. Wow. The Chinese government will resolutely clamp down on virtual currency speculation to safeguard people's property and maintain economic, financial, and social order. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing it for their good, guys. They're doing it. For, yeah. Love it when a government says that. This is for your own good. Well, I believe it or not, as time goes by, I I find myself not I'm completely uncomfortable with how cryptocurrencies exist. Uh, I came across a story. You remember we were talking about that that Bitcoin mining company that bought the coal plant in Pennsylvania? Oh yeah, that yeah. was shut down. Yeah, green energy. Not shut down because <laughs> it wasn't shut down because. Hey, it's polluting. It, it it was it was an instance of this was shut down because the green energy is cheaper yeah. and it's outpriced coal. Okay, which is the market handling things, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, they're like, open that sucker back up so we can mine this Bitcoin. Uh, they're buying two more okay. shut down coal power plants. And as we talk to these people, and I find out that all of these mining operations are just running busy work, I get more and more concerned. Mm-hmm. We're literally reopening coal power plants to run computers to do busy work. 
<laughs> I do not see this ending well. <laughs> like, either we got to find some way to get that busy work to be meaningful work. Right. Or, or the, 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 the bottom's going to fall out. There's going to be a pushback from all this energy usage. It's, it's just uh, uh, like, like we, we just talked about with uh, Shahar. Mm -hmm. Like, they're, they're, they're doing this to create scarcity, but it's, it's, it's like manufactured scarcity. It's not real. Right. I don't have any specifics, but my gut is definitely telling me, like, I don't think this is headed towards a great place. Yeah, not really, no. Especially if the... <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a pretty big push for green energy through the government anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going out and buying out coal plants and natural gas plants, uh, things that the government and the states are actively trying to shut down and replace with greener options. I don't see... Yeah, that doesn't look like it's going to end well for... At the, at the same time, they're, trying, they're talking about a digital dollar, and they're talking about regulating, like, something... That, now China's like, well, you just can't do transactions. Like, you, you think the, the, the officials in charge of our government aren't looking at that going like, well, that's one way to handle it. What are our <laughs> options to, to get people to stop trading these and get them on the digital dollar instead? Yeah, it'll happen. Like, we're... Like, We'll see. There's going to be some changes in the crypto space in, in, in terms of laws and regulations. And I don't think it's going to be friendly to the people trading crypto. Did we talk about that last week? Uh, the first exchange that actually got um, sanctioned? No, did we? I don't remember. No, we did or not. I, did, I found uh, this might be going a little too long, but yep. all good stuff. Yeah, the Treasury actually sanctioned an exchange uh, to fight the ransomware attacks. Oh. And that's the first sanctions that have ever been issued against an exchange. Wow, okay. Yeah, this came out on the 21st, I think. Yeah, 21st. Okay, no, we didn't talk about this last week. Yeah, um, they blocked all trades involving the exchange Su Suix. God damn, I wish they picked some fucking pronounceable names. S-U-E-X. <laughs> Seuss. I'll call Su-X. Su-X or Seuss, whatever. One of those two. According to the Treasury <laughs> Department, they've determined that about 40% of all of their transactions involve illicit or illegal activities. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that seems a bit... I don't, I don't know. Like, how much... How many dollars or what percentage of, <laughs> of the U.S. dollar is used to facilitate illicit transactions? Oh, probably, definitely more than 20%. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know. That's, <laughs> I don't know that saying money is being used, or using that as a, a, an argument uh, really works when really just people do illegal shit all the time because too many things are illegal. Yeah, God damn it! <laughs> the wind is changing, down to back up your point. Uh, the Treasury's actually sanctioned an exchange. China has made its steps. Um, buying up coal is not a good way to put a spotlight on your industry. <laughs> <laughs> we reopened this closed coal plant to so our computers can run. Oh, what are they doing? Are they curing cancer? No, they're just doing busy work. And to tell you how terrible of a person I am, I just want cheap um, <laughs> video cards again. <laughs> Try to price one of those out. I'm like, what the fuck? Crypto, knock it Wait, off. What? <laughs> <laughs> right we're talking about semiconductor shortages <laughs> and these firms are are buying all these these chips to, <laughs> for busy work to point where you're priced out of buying being able to buy a video card for your computer yeah something that normally would cost like 200 bucks is like 800 right now it's fucking ridiculous Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. i hope we didn't just piss off all our crypto fans the ones who specifically asked us to talk about crypto and now we're just kind of well, they're allowed to disagree with us, Kyle. Uh, that's I mean, true. In fact, if you disagree with us, hop on that Discord. Tell hit, us. Yeah, pick tell up us the phone. Give stupid. us a call. Yeah. yeah, please. Dare I say, call me an idiot. 
It won't be the first time. <laughs> it won't be the first time today. <laughs> <laughs> and it won't be the last. Oh, and on that note, draw. Kyle, <laughs> ah, you got me. <laughs> Oh, I I had one I had a I had a minor good this week uh selling those blackberry calls at a uh, at a profit. I would say that was good. I'd even put your CVM or your CRM trade as it started good. It started I I I yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that cuz cuz I'll definitely get to it on my ugly, but here let me tell you about the good that came out of my huge disastrous kick kick in the nuts. Well, not even the. T- I'm talking about the trade in general. Like it started good. You were up seventy percent. You said at one point. That's a great trade. Yeah. Yeah, I made a great trade. I turned a great trade into a terrible trade. But uh, 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 I, I also I feel like I managed to turn a terrible trade into some good. In that, uh, in in I, I stopped. I shut off all my machines and and I went and took a, took a forty minute walk mm-hmm. through through the desert there near where I live. Uh, and by the end of it, my resolve was hardened to do good with uh, the futures watching. Uh, my mind was more open to what am I not seeing? What am I? What am I missing in in watching my futures? Like like how can I do this better for when I live trading futures? Like it, I used that negativity to fuel my desire for growth and wanting to be better. Uh, to look at myself with a little bit more humility and say, well, Dan, you miss stuff and you make mistakes. Like, you need to apply your mind to being being better at learning, better at observing, better, you know. Uh, so I was able for that second uh, half of the day log in and watch futures. And I my notes were phenomenally better. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, way better. What I was like, ev- yeah, I, I felt, I felt like it. It really lit me on fire for terms of like watching what was happening with the futures. And I wrote it all down, and uh, a couple of dachshunds decided to eat it. Oh, that's awesome. That actually you happened. can go. <laughs> it did happen. It did happen. The dogs ate my homework. You can go on the Discord and see proof. I, I did post a photo. <laughs> it happened. Yeah, I'm gonna, teach me uh, for taking the dogs this morning. I'm assuming that this trade uh, is going to probably dominate the rest of the uh, the the bad and the ugly portion. So I'm going to hold my comments until okay. until the end. Okay. Right. What was what was your good comment? Um, God, it's got to be the the return on those 750 puts on the mm-hmm. on OCGN. Goddamn, getting a dollar sixty five on those. Just... Also, did did you sell sell those at the high of the day? Um, I think it was at the high or pretty, pretty close to it. Uh, I did put it, I got yeah. them right at the end of trading, like the last five minutes on Friday. I threw another order in to try to double it a little bit higher to see if I get any takers, but didn't get anything else. Excuse me. I'll be watching that, uh, next week to see if I can add, cause I only took about half the position because mm. I was wanting to get some for, um, October to try to actually get the 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 p uh you know the shares but anyway the shares put to you yeah yeah but yeah that was my good um so what was your bad <laughs> ooh, ooh um probably let me pull up the, the Discord here um IBM I bought I bought puts to back up my bet 
Hmm. And uh, I, I, they, it started drifting up. And on the 21st, I bought them, you know, I first bought them on the 20th. On the 21st, when the Tuesday and it was going up, yeah. I said, no, this is, I'm, I'm still right. <laughs> and I added to them. Again. Uh. Yeah, I, I bought them on Monday at $1.05. I added to them on Tuesday at 70 cents. I sold them Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like 15 cents. I think you got nope. them. Or? Sold them. Sold them Friday for 15 cents. Yeah. Well, at least you got something for them. Yeah. Yeah, at least I got out before it was zero. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, you added. Ugh. Yeah. So, so I added. Now, um, it wasn't. It wasn't like I added because my gut said I was right. I was still looking at the daily. Uh, uh, that's why this. That's why it was bad and not ugly. It's not like I had two competing uglies. Yeah. Well, here's the question: Was the the ones that you bought on the twentieth? Was that your full position? No. Okay. So you had room to, to add. I intended to add. Okay. Um, then it's not that bad. So, yeah, I was looking at the daily, and I was like, it, it's got to break 137.25 before, before I, I decide, like, this isn't just a regular pullback mm-hmm. from a down run. Like, this is, this is changing direction and sentiment. Um, it, was, it was, when I added, it was still below the 200-day moving average, and then... Thursday, it popped above it, and it was not, you know, I I was waiting Friday to see, like, oh, it could easily be resistance, you know, pops above one day, and the next day it shoots back down, but uh, as Friday showed, it did not prove to be resistance, so. Sounded like you were hoping more for, you you were out of time by that point, is what I would say. Well, no, I still had another, I still had another week, those were October 1st expiries. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Um, it's just Friday I got out because it broke one, you know, yeah, this way uh, uh, on, okay. okay. on my bet, I said the stop was 137, uh, and for my calls, it was really 137.25 and it broke that. So my exit was solid because I picked the point for the stock gets past this point. I'm out. Uh, it just happened to be that where I, where I bought my puts at my strike was not conducive to any value at that point. So going back to risk management, then what was your total loss on that? Was it more than your allowable loss, or did you still manage to keep that within your risk management allowance? That was that was yeah, that was in line okay. with my uh, good uh, allowable good. loss. Good, yeah. All right, so then yeah, getting fifteen cents for them saved you money. Hey, Kyle, what was your bet? <laughs> uh, missing that opportunity to buy that dip on Salesforce. Mm. That was kind of uh, I. I picked it out. I had an idea for what I wanted to do. I had a plan that worked fucking perfectly, but I was spending most of that day on Friday, you know, working on my futures uh, sim trading mm-hmm. plan. So it's kind of hard to do both. Um, it's, I don't know. It's a bad just because it was a missed opportunity, but I'm kind of reaching because I didn't really do a whole lot. <laughs> gotcha. I, it could have really fucked with my head, but it really didn't. It just kind of like solidified like that. To me, like the growth is progressing. I didn't look at it as much as a missed opportunity, as in a shit. I'm getting better at picking these entry points. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be spending more time to try to take advantage of these. Do you want to get into your ugly, or should I do mine? Because I don't really do, again do yours. I, I won't be talking too long. Yeah. I'm just going to list my list my failures. I did three trades, so I mean it's hard to have an ugly when you don't really do any trading. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> Uh, so I was going to submit, you had your notes eaten by your dogs. 
<laughs> I yes. spilled tea all over some of mine, so I think it's our handwritten notes, like the way we handle those. That's our ugly. <laughs> we probably need to safeguard these better. We're using them for record keeping. They need to be legible at some point if we want to go back and learn from them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's let's hear the let's hear the full rest of the story here. The the notes you had. All right. I took a great trade and I turned it into a, a big loser. Uh, fail number one: no stop loss order. No stop order. Mm-hmm. No, didn't 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 create it. Didn't even think about it. Not gonna lie, I didn't think about it. Yep. Didn't even didn't even cross my mind that I should be doing it. Yep. Number two: I did not take profit. Yep. Over fifty. You know, it, it hit. It was in the seventy percent. You know, not for like ten minutes, but for like a minute or two. Yeah. Uh, should you, you should take profit. Yeah. Should should have sold half of it. You've yep. done that. Yep. No. Nope. Uh, uh, fail number three. I was not trading my plan. I was listening to the uh, Trade Pro Options call room, and I wasn't listening to myself. I was listening to what they were saying about CRM, and and Vico was talking about the bull flag. The bull flags liking the bull flag setup. So I thought, well, why take profit? Vico likes the bull flag. Why follow my plan? Uh, this it, person over here is saying these things. So going forward. Uh, what's what changes are you making none no (laughs) (laughs) the changes i i obviously i need to follow the the all the all the things i've learned and and not fail at every opportunity no that's you're being kind of hard on yourself i think that you got i think the best thing well one taking the break and then walking away was awesome that's something that i don't think that we do enough of if you just don't have it that day, or if you feel it slipping out of control, you got to do something to stop it, right? Mm-hmm. The real thing that I'm taking away from this is there's not anything new that I need to learn. Mm-hmm. I just need to apply the things I already have learned. That's an excellent point. Because again, like the the trade itself, I think I think was an excellent trade. Jeez. All right. Should we uh, should we go move on to a bet? Uh, yeah, I'm ready to make a bet. All right. What do you got? Oh, shit. I go first? I know you're not used to it. I think this is the first time this month. God <laughs> damn. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with CRVS, Corvus Pharmaceuticals. Okay. Phar- pharmaceutical companies can have big swings. Uh, I don't know what their news was, if any, but they last week started going up on the 17th. They, uh, on the, the 21st, they peaked. I mean, we're talking they moved from couple dollars a share up to nine dollars and a half, nine and a half dollars so i'm running a fibonacci on that and i'm looking like okay it's it's pulled back it might pull back down to 577 but uh the the two spitting tops tell me that uh it could be just coiling for a break higher the volume is really really gone down mm-hmm. uh with those red candles so I don't know. It did, you know, it's, I'm looking for a home run. So that's, it's a bit it's way riskier than the Costco trade, but, uh, yeah, CRVS, Corvus Pharmaceuticals. Are you buying or shorting it? Uh, I am buying. 
I guess I'll take half profit at nine and a half dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I guess I'll take thirty percent return. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Almost fifty. Yeah. yeah. What's uh? What's your bet? I think this time I only had one on here. Uh, so our Discord user asked us to take a look at a airline company. Mm-hmm. Oh, Azul. Uh, A Z U L. Yeah, it's like the biggest uh, airline company in South America. Um, so I was looking at the chart, and I see it banging up against a level right around twenty one seventy eight. Um, I want to short it until it gets down to eighteen seventy five, and then I was just going to take profit there. Um, or no, I was going to actually flip to long at 1875 if it drops that low. Uh, also, if it breaks 23, then rather than staying short, I'm just going to flip to long at that point because that would be the previous peak. If it breaks above that with that double bottom that it's uh, looking at on this mm-hmm. daily, mm-hmm. Uh, then I want to be on the long side of this. So yeah, I'm going to start out shorting it unless it's above 23, then I want to be long. And then if I'm short, then I want to flip the long either at 1875 or 23. Okay. Seems reasonable. Um, let's see. What else have we got? Oh, we need a random. This looks like it just picked purple innovation. The, the bed company? Yeah. Uh, PRPL. It looked like it picked a warrant, but I'm just going to say it picked the stock. Is it going to short it or buy it? Um, buy to, uh, even heads, short. Heads or tails? Yeah. Uh, just roll a dice. Yep, there we go. All right, it's odds. So, what are we... Oh, that's shorting. All right, shorting purple. Well, there you have it, folks. Another stunning episode wrapping up. We got to kick you out of the shop, but uh, don't worry. We're going to be opening up again soon. We got great stuff on board happening soon. Uh, Kyle, any, anything you want to get in here before we say goodbye? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Bye. Happy trades, folks. (laughs) Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.